You're listening to Terrific Con presents the Power Cosmic Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to everything you love. That's comic books, TV, movies, collectibles, and more. Brought to you by Mitchell A.S. Halleck, the producer of Terrific Con, the world's greatest comic con every summer at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Join Mitch and his special guest, Jerry Ordway, and his pals all across the comic fandom as they talk about the things you love. Now, sit back, get ready, and listen to today's episode of the Power Cosmic Podcast. 70s, man. Hey, man, I was there before anything started. Okay, today is, what's say, September 8th. Is it? Today's September no, 8th. October. Oh, <laughs> it's just Damn coming out of that COVID out of that induced it's, it's, coma. It's, a, it's October. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's president now? You don't want to know. Go back to bed. Um, October eighth, two thousand twenty. I'm here, Jerry Ordway. We're at Colony Grill in Fairfield, Connecticut. Still, phase three Connecticut reopening. And today's topic, since we're so close oh, to no. Halloween, no. Yes. I'm going to bring one that you never talked about. What do you think about the Marvel Comics Hulk comic book? Oh, Are you a big fan of Hulk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hulk okay, there you great. go. Because I was going to say Hulk is great. It's kind of a monster. It's been great. It's, it's a monster book. It's one of those books that I think is limitless in possibilities yeah. because you really could... They have done it. They've done science fiction. They've yeah. done horror. Right well, now, it's kind of horror. He came up with a good premise. Al, Al Ewing. Al Ewing, yeah. 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 The premise yeah. being that when the Hulk dies or any person with Gamma yeah. dies... They can go through that door and come back to life. Yeah, and they just did it in She-Hulk. Well, that's why it's one. called the Immortal Hulk. Right, but they just the Immortal he She-Hulk. Just relaunched yeah. She-Hulk, and they did the same thing. But they, I mean, it's really, it's a real clever. It was a clever thing. It's yeah. a clever the green door. Yeah. As I, I think we did talk about it because I thought we it was talked like, about it briefly because you said I told you to read it and you're like, oh, this is a really great book. I go, yeah, but it's so funny that no one's ever thought of that. Yeah. And the Hulk is such a malleable character that they've made him like the barbarian warrior guy yeah. in those uh, World War Hulk stories. Right, right. You've made him a monster. Then they did the Joe Fixit stuff. But, but I never got into the Peter David. Thing. But here's the thing: what the reason that it never comes up? What or it came up before as a concept was the fact that nobody killed the Hulk. Well, he's died in the books. Because when? when I was a kid, Sal Basima and Bill Mantlo, he was running around, and the gamma radiation burned off his body finally, right. and he turned into Bruce Banner. He goes, oh, I'm Bruce Banner again. Right. I have no more gammas. And then the leader showed up, and they needed somebody to go fight the leader. So Doc Samson oh, and, and General Ross takes again. him. Right. They, no, his dead body, they irradiated his corpse, oh, oh. and it brought him back to life. Okay. And he's like, why did you do that to me? And then next thing you know, he turned into the Hulk, right, right. and he fought the leader and stuff. Oh, so okay. they they basically brought him back from the dead. So that's the seeds for this, probably. Probably, idea. but I remember that so much as a kid reading that issue going, wow, the Hulk can never die. Because then they talked about it even then, where he, even in the movie, they meant he tried to kill himself. Right. And he can't kill himself because he tried to shoot himself. Well, he would change the right before. Right before yeah, yeah, the thing. Yeah. Or even when in the movie and he falls out with Edward Norton. Right. He falls out of the helicopter and right. he's going to squish and right. the Hulk comes out. Yeah. So he's stuck. It's yeah. like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde ain't going to let you go. It's interesting how, I mean, here's what's fun. Is that for someone to die, but then to come back, yeah. you have to kind of, you, you have to commit to... Almost a theology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if you don't else. believe in anything, right? right? If you're you don't, dead. if you if you're an atheist and you believe you die, you die. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But if you're 
say someone who even you could be a, a, a Christian Buddhist or whatever or yeah. we believe in reincarnation right ultimately it's the same thing you go somewhere you come back yes which is kind of required to have somebody come back from the dead you have to believe in an afterlife yeah which is kind of interesting yeah I like the, the, in the, in the well, like the book. walking dead they just they're just reanimated corpses yeah, there's yeah. no well there's no right your soul mindless yeah. yeah yeah but I mean like in the comic in the Hulk there's like a general space that they wind up in when they yes. die yeah. it's kind of like a like a limbo limbo or yeah. purgatory or something so I mean it's that's kind of interesting because like with the gods Thor had Valhalla Valhalla yeah you also had you know like where they oh would, uh, there was a place where it Thor was, went it was not it was hell but it, it was, was like a purgatory though yeah like I if you didn't die yeah, 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 you death, there, yeah, yeah. Once and, and then you stayed there forever yeah yeah which is kind of interesting. I mean, I think that concept is kind of uh, cool. Thank you. So basically, I'm saying. So Mitch is is and Jerry I have the uh, our fourth beer. We have yeah. I have the Rosemary's Baby from local Two Rose Brewery here in Stratford, Connecticut. And Jerry's drinking is always faithful Blue Moon yes. with the orange because he. Gets, you avoid scurvy this is true by I'm, drinking his this uh, is my I probably have eaten a whole orange you probably have <laughs> but like just give the guy the whole thing no it's better to have it in little pieces but as a kid when did you first read The Hulk when you saw that Marvel superheroes TV show in the 60s and go oh I yep. want to read that book because then he's more like a monster well he was yeah he was like he was chased by I mean the premise was he was the Thunderbolt Ross and yeah. the military was chasing so he would just go almost like a he was like a hurricane yeah or something he would go Force place to place yeah, destroy, destroy it all yeah and it wasn't a superhero book no it was a monster chasing this, thing um, like in the days of tales of suspense or yeah. tales to astonish tales to astonish yeah. he was more of a force of nature right and then they started coming up with different characters like the oh they had a the leader the abomination yeah the abomination was the first one I remember because that was yeah. like a, I think it was Gil Kane yeah, yeah he was. Yep. style yep. when he yep. first came over from yep. D.C. I remember the humanoids always used to be a big joke yeah. with me. It's like the leader had these mindless... There's always these groups of well, goons the, or Immortus. Immortus. Immortus was in there, too. He was... Not Tyrannus, the, the guy that... Tyrannus. He's Tyrannus the one that lived in the ground. Yeah. And he had those, like, little minions. Yeah. They yeah. were really minions. They were minions yeah. before the yellow ones became popular. But he was fighting with the Mole Man. Yeah. That's really bizarre, because Steve well, Dicko you know, was I, doing those stories. Not to about this, but I did write the Hulk. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jerry. When was that? No, no, I did. In, Didn't in, mean to insult in, you there, no, Jerry. No, but no here's like, my Hulk run. Ready? All the books. Stan Lee, Roy Thomas, Jerry Bill Mantlow, <laughs> John Byrne, Peter David. Where does right. Jerry Ordway jump in? Well, Byrne and Ron Garney relaunched it. You remember that in seventy or two thousand one or something two thousand. I remember Byrne doing the artwork on it. When no, no, he, when he was writing it and Garney was drawing it. Okay. And it was a new number one. And Byrne had set up, and Garney had. Set I don't up remember this. Unless Hulk, basically, because they'd never really addressed the fact that he killed innocent people with yes. his actions. Hulk destroys an airline. All the people on board die. Oh. That was the premise in the first issue, and then it ran, that storyline ran, I think I took over when John quit, Byrne had quit for some reason. and it was the early 90s? 
No, it was 2001. Oh, no, I wasn't reading that. I had to be yeah. like, maybe it was 2000. I don't know, it was something No, wrong. I don't remember this at all. No, so, so anyways, what happened? Burn quits, and I had been doing stuff for Marvel, and Tom Breedborg called me up and said, would you be interested in writing it? Yeah. And I said, sure. So I read all the stuff. Basically, what I was left with was a puzzle to solve, uh-huh. because the idea was, by the end of issue 12, Burn must have set up something to either redeem the Hulk or to establish, yeah, he did kill innocent people, which would okay. change the character. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, can't be so, a hero. So Ron and I, I'd known Ron, and he and I talked over stuff on the phone. I said, hey, if you want, throw some ideas at me. If, you know, any, what do you want to do? He said, I want to draw the thing. Okay, do the Hulk yeah, the Hulk first, that's classic. Yeah. So we, we did like two issues of that, and then I basically brought in what was the character you mentioned? I said Abomination. Mortis, and you said... Oh, no, Tyrannus. Tyrannus. I brought in Tyrannus, and I resolved that mystery. And I oh, Tyrannus was responsible yeah, for yeah, the Yeah, I, I was basically... At the, I think I might have done issue 7 or 12. Did you ask Byrne what he was going to do, or you didn't talk to him about No, John wasn't talking to me at that point. Oh, all right, was, I was going to say. You know, we, did you say, hey, do you mind if I change kinda, your story? Right, he kind of ex- excommunicated yeah, me in yeah. uh, 92. <clears throat> but... Um, so basically, I had to solve the puzzle, and I knew going into it that um, Paul Jenkins was taking over as right, writer. Right. Issue or year two. Yeah, or but whatever. did you ever think that Burnham was never going to really make the Hulk a total villain like that? That he had a similar well, no, type got, of at idea. At the time, I mean, at the time, also you knew that the characters had to. They couldn't really be villains. No, why would Marvel allow one of their main so, flagship heroes? But it was to an interesting premise murderer. to set it up. Yeah. So basically, I came up with what I think was a clever way out of it. Right. No, it yeah. is. And, I was and Tom, say... Tom even called me up and he said, "Oh, I like that. You know, yeah, 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 that yeah, was yeah. clever." I enjoyed puzzle solving. Right. But I also felt like once I'd done those multiple issues, I was like, well, this would be fun to write it regularly, but it was never... Oh, you never got on it regularly? I didn't have a chance. It was already, when I got it, it was like Paul Jenkins taking over. It was over already taking over. So you were the filler guy. Yeah. All right. And it happened on JSA when I was doing, working with uh, the Black Adam storyline with Jeff Johns, uh-huh. and they had already hired somebody, Bill Willingham, yeah, to take over yeah. after Jeff left. Yeah. So I wrote like three issues before that happened, and I was like... Why I feel get like into the bridesmaid, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, right, 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 right. I just, because once you, once you start putting your mind power to something, you go, wow, this would be a good story, that'd be a good story. Yeah, but why, if you only do three issues, don't get into it. Well, it was fun to do it, and I, right. I don't regret having done it. No, but you, the idea of being a longer storyline is not yeah. taken from So, going back, so when you read the Hulk as a kid, what, what drew you to the character? Just like there was this big, super strong... Force I of nature. Like, no, he was always he was um, hounded by the. Army. I mean, there was sympathy because he was not even. It wasn't even Frankenstein. When I was reading those books, I always thought of the werewolf, the Wolfman movies. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't ask for this, right? And he was he was such a tragic figure in right. the Wolfman movies. Lon Chaney Jr. was always like he didn't want it to happen. Yeah, and you knew it was like, oh, there's the full moon. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna Crap. kill people. I don't know if yeah. I could kill. Am I gonna kill innocent people? Am I? Yeah. So that was, as a kid reading it... It's a curse. That was what I always liked was the fact that Bruce Banner was tragic. Yeah. You know, because otherwise it's not interesting. No. And having, like even, I know that period I read all those Peter David issues, and I thought Peter did a good job 
through the whole run. See, it's weird. I didn't read any of those Joe Fixit books. I just didn't like the Hulk as I a, loved, I mean, I loved as a gangster run. guy. But see, his run, he, he's the guy who introduced the idea of multiple personalities, right. which was a really good hook in the same way that Al Ewing coming up with the immortal thing. Yeah. So, so Peter came up with a new hook on something that had been around for... Who's the one that came up with the abusive years? father story? I think it was in the Peter Davis. Yeah, 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 that his dad had beaten him up. And, and that's why. I mean... That's what you do. Like when we were doing Superman, you come up with something that basically is an enduring thing that becomes retroed in yeah. to the character. Like, oh, he yeah. did this or this happened to him. That's what you do as a on a monthly comic is you come up with something that doesn't necessarily upend the whole franchise. Right, right, right. It's but just, it adds an extra layer that people can go, oh, so yeah. that explains this or. And that's what's fun about writing. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, is, it, is that when they give you the well, reins, an existing character, yeah. But when they give you the reins of something, you know that you can't change it too much because you don't own it. No. And it's going to exist. After but you want to put a spin on it to get people to start reading right, it. Again, right. Right. You get, but you want to put a spin on it so that you can find something new in the character. Right. Like if you just looked at old comics and tried to emulate that. Yeah. It's it's, it's kind of a, a dead end. It falls end. flat. Yeah. yeah. So, so the idea is to make you interested enough and invested enough in the character to do stuff that's well, interesting that fans will then find interesting. No, I'm saying if you go back to that character's history, there's like you could pick different periods of that what, what you like. Like Roy did the uh, Jarella and the uh, Micro City. Yeah, yeah. What's the? I can't even think of it. But it was the Gem World or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. And he's like a warrior over there. Right. It's very fantasy. Right. Well, and then. Harlan Ellison. Harlan, yeah, he was. Yeah, Harlan Ellison was on that, that was too. on that too. Yeah. Yeah, and then it goes in from there. Then it goes out to the, I don't know, Rage and Monster, where he's just stupid. Where it's like the Bill Mantlo stuff was. Well, you know what? Hulk smash, Hulk this. The run that I liked. Hulk. That what, you're not mentioning. The trippy one with the Hulkbusters. Lynn Ween wrote a nice run on that, and that's where he introduced the Wolverine, black, the black kid. Who was, oh, Jim. Uh, snap. Oh, Jim Wilson. Was it Jim Wilson or yeah. Jeff? Was it no, it's Jim Wilson. Yeah, who is related to Sam Wilson? Okay, which I didn't know. I'm like, really? Because I'm but saying I mean, they're, what I they're related to each other. They basically said goodbye to Rick Jones, and he wound up in Avengers stuff and Captain Marvel yeah. stuff. But what I liked about Lynn's run was that he kind of reintroduced the sidekick, which you kind of need. Yeah, because the character exists. You need somebody to talk to. You yeah, need somebody to, to care to. for him. And the you know the previous thing of having the girlfriend and all that yeah. is blown up when you have a character who can be anywhere. Like the Hulk, as Bruce Banner can wake up in Milwaukee, right? Or he What's can wake up in Hawaii, so or he can be... wake up in yeah. you know Argentina Europe. or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So you can't really have like a cast of characters that he can confide in or that he can you know. Right. So you need that as a writer. You need. Some kind of character who has empathy for the lead character, even if they're a monster. Right, right. You know? And, and Len did a good job, and also during that run, Len introduced Wolverine. Yeah. So people don't remember, Len was a really good writer. No, no, you I know? always think Len was a um, good writer. I mean, people remember his Swamp Thing, but he did a lot of nice runs on different books. Yeah. And I think. Uh, we introduced the X Men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was my first editor at DC. Oh yeah, he he edited All Star Squadron, um, and he was a super nice guy. No, but I'm just thinking the whole character though. It's like I swear to God, I can't think of any other character than know, all the Marvel that's had maybe Wolverine that's had so many different like iterations of it. Daredevil, 
Do you remember how he was a spy at one point with well, the no, it's Black the Widow um, stuff? Character wife, Daredevil was kind of fun loving. Yeah, in the early like you're, he was like a maybe Spider-Man. a little too young, but yeah, he was Spider Man. He yeah. was the flippant, the making, the throwing one liners. He was virtually Spider Man. Yeah, except he was a blind guy who was also a lawyer. Yeah, ac- acrobatics. When uh, that that whole thing ran for 120 issues, and then Miller came on. And, and Frank Miller kind of reinvented it as a street crime, as a thing. Street yeah. crime thing but he also the Matt Murdock part kind of took a side and it became more of a Catholic guilt thing yeah it did he played yeah. up the devil he played up good versus evil yeah. and then he brought, he brought in those ninjas, ninjas yeah. and, and the, the you know the, the martial the plant, arts the hand, stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah the stick and all yeah. the martial arts yeah. stuff so that changed that book and in a way it broke it from what it was originally but right. it played Again, the best runs of books that you can think of, like when I was in comics, I was lucky enough as a reader mm-hmm. to experience Burn on Fantastic Four, Walt Simonson totally taking over Thor, and again, you find yeah, yeah, new yeah. things to do with the character that's been around at that point. And you put your years. name on it, yeah, yeah. So they go, oh, that's a Simonson Thor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I see you, that. You, and, I mean, Roy did Thor memorably in a period of time before Walt. I didn't know really Where he created, I mean, Roy did more of the mythology stuff. Yeah. It was like everybody, I think, who worked at Marvel had to kind of break free from Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. In other words, you couldn't just redo what Stan did. Yeah. But that was the gig back in like 1970 through 75, 76, is that it was like, oh, you're I guess so. Yeah, everybody really had a shot at You're trying character. to continue yeah. what Stan does, but then there's a certain point where the whole. Captain America they with take Heart. Yeah. yeah, they take them in different directions yeah, and yeah, add yeah. something. Yeah. And that's how they survived, is that they didn't get frozen in time or get No, frozen. they didn't. No, that's why I said he evolved, because I thought for years that book was dead. Yeah. And now it's like one of the best-selling books that's yeah. out there, only because someone took a whole new slant on it. Yeah. And said, so, oh, you never saw this? And then that's why Al Ewan's got Immortal Hulk, which is really Jeff, I mean, Jeff creative. Johns did yeah. that with Green Lantern. He did, yeah. And, and I always thought that was, I mean... Even The Flash got redone, too. But, I mean, with Green Lantern, he created something that was always kind of there. Yeah. And, you know, the... the what, the color light stones? Spectrum. Yeah, yeah, the light spectrum of different, you know... Which was really brilliant. Yeah. And also, obviously... But I don't think it works all the time. Like, I didn't like it with Shazam. When suddenly, like, oh, each, oh. each one of them was a yeah, different... Yeah, yeah. That one's Mercury, that one's Solomon. Right. I'm like, right. eh... Kind of takes away from it a little bit. It know? does, but it. I mean, not every hero gets recreated in a great way. I also don't think that that necessarily takes away from him. It yeah. makes it into a group book. It does, but I, I well, this Marvel family, I guess. Yeah, because the Marvel know. family has existed since the fifties. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. no, which, yeah, but see, maybe that's why Spider-Man is kind of a hard character because they've never really reinvented him. They tried, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, you still have to go back. But Superman's like that, too. Superman's like that. You, well, you basically, the same guy. I mean, you. well, Batman, they've changed. Superman and, say, Spider-Man are the original premise works best. Yeah. So the book will run on the original premise, and then it'll steer, it'll veer away, and then somebody will come in and, then bring and it revamp back. it okay. and take yeah. it back to, basically. here's what was the core. Yeah. With Batman, Miller did that in the 80s. Yeah. He took Batman back to the beginning around the time that Byrne had relaunched Superman. Yeah, so you so had, he's more of a crime fighter. At that point, you had two characters that were light and dark, which yeah. 
kind of wasn't the case until then, you know, because they were still friends yeah, in yeah, those yeah. previous things. So you kind of accentuated, wow, I'm just thinking of something about, like, politics. You've taken characters and you portrayed them on different poles. Yeah. You know, positive, negative, good, evil, yeah, yeah, yeah. light, dark. Yeah. But, uh, but Batman then became... Like in the vigilante, thirty years yeah. since then, or whatever, they've made him into a super paranoid guy who yeah. spies like on Rorschach people. Now. And right, yeah. they made him so it's a weird. He's had a weird journey. Whereas, I mean, I don't know that Superman's had that same journey. Uh, but like Superman, they gave up his Clark Kent identity. Yep. Like, why would you do that? I don't know because it takes away from the whole story. It's like, isn't that the whole idea of Superman? I mean, whatever character reveals their identity. I can think of like 25 reasons why it doesn't work. And the first one is a real world thing. You, Mitch Halleck, yeah. right? You decide I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a, I'm going to solve crime. I'm not solve crimes, but I'm going to be on the street yeah. looking for crimes to happen. And yeah. I'm going to be the king of king of the nerds. And then they would go. But I'm not going to wear a mask, right? So they would go bother my kids and no, go bother you, my wife. You go yeah. out there and you stop a guy from breaking in, breaking a store window. Yeah. Right? And you, you, how do you subdue him? That guy then sues you because exactly. he's like, oh, well, you're Mitchell. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sue you. You must be rich. Yeah. Which means, you know, obviously you're buying dinner. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it, so that's the first reason to have a super, a secret identity. Identity, yeah, yeah. Is to separate your actions from your personal life. Yeah. The second one is Legal what you reasons. said is, say you stop somebody and that guy goes, hey, there's your sister. I'm going to go kill her. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'm going to threaten to kill her and yeah. you're going to stay away from her. Yeah. It's the same reason why you don't have a president who owes $400 million. Exactly. Because anything is leverage against somebody. Uh, I'm just saying. No, I know. I know what I'm saying. Anything it's is a, leverage. Yeah. If you're Bruce Wayne, you're rich. Yeah. Why wouldn't you sue him for breaking your arm in a fight oh, as yeah. Batman? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but there's a reason why you don't get too much real world in these fantasy stories. But that's what we're we've but they always tried we've to been know. heading that way since the eighties. Yeah, but it, they it, wanted to open it up to make it seem more realistic. Real. Ultimately, it's not real, and the world around you is never going to be real. And we, we encountered this in Superman because I remember at one point we were, when we were working on when I was working with Burn, uh, mm. we were discussing the fact that. In the comics, you have an alien from outer space. Right. Well, that opens up the possibility of space travel. You have Green Lantern, who's a part of an intergalactic core. Yeah. So if you have all these technological things... It takes away from things, any Earthbound villain. Why are we still driving cars on yeah. tires? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Why wouldn't your world itself be transformed by the yeah, fact yeah, yeah, no, that... I these, hear that. Yeah. Why would there be disease? You know I mean? All these no, things should make be sense. Yeah. immediately solved because you're... You have alien technology or multi-world, you know, scenarios. Why would there be a car on tires? The cars would be hovering or fly. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the point is, comics still have to be grounded in what people feel is comfortable Ooh. and relatable. So as much as the world of Superman and Krypton and Lex Luthor or whatever, you can have super villains and you can have exoskeleton suits and you yeah, can yeah. have mind control you still need to relate to the actual yeah, people yeah yeah no that makes sense maybe that's why I never really like character like Namor because I don't know what it's like to live underwater yeah it always felt remote yeah I mean as a kid even Thor was a hard sell because I'm like eh, yeah. 
As a kid, I was I used to like Thor as Don Blake. Yeah, but once he was all Asgard stuff, I'm like, whatever. It felt unrelatable. Yeah, like an alien type of thing. When Walt did it, it made me think, oh, well, the the stuff is the mythology is interesting, right. and I kind of liked it then. And now, when I look back, I really like those tales of Asgard stories. Well, you that just were did, the early films. You're uh, speaking of. Here's a subtle plug. Jerry's Norse God book premiered this week from oh, yeah, Dark yeah. Horse. I picked up that copy. And you had a Loki story, which I read. Yeah, yeah, it's Loki and the Dwarves, which yeah, is yeah, a really yeah. great one in the book. Yeah, and that so, goes into next month. It's not a one-shot. It's yeah, no, the first story. one is like, I think I did 10 or 11 pages in this issue, yeah. and then the second issue is more like 20 pages. Like yeah, 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 much. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like the... I but mean, they're all Norse mythology stories. It's not, yeah. nothing to do with Thor from the Marvel world. This no, is no, the no, real deal. Right, right. Yeah. And, well, it's Neil Gaiman stuff. But see, Neil... When he when he did it, yeah. there's it's like anything like the Norse mythology when you Walt goes Walt can do his oh, IDW book yeah. because there's so many variations on those stories. Marvel did and created is a variation on the mythologies, but they did their own version of it. Mm-hmm. So you can do a version that is similar but not the same mm-hmm. because the stories it's like if you adapted Bible stuff, yeah, you yeah. know which. Is it Old Testament, New Testament? Yeah. The stories change a little bit, right, right. so you you know you you've got different properties. Yeah, and then it's a plug for Walt's book, um, the, Ragnarok. The last issue of his second storyline arc came out recently, and that's a great book. Mm-hmm. And it took it way beyond what Marvel would do as far as a Ragnarok oh, yeah, 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 story yeah. because it's Thor as a dead guy. Yeah, you know. Um, no, I love that one. So I think any of the myths are able to be interpreted differently enough that you could, just like doing a Frankenstein, you could do a Frankenstein story, yeah, and you could make it your own Frankenstein story. You know what I mean? You take the basic premise or the idea. Which I'm surprised it's not out again, because I was looking back at all those old Frankenstein Marvel books. You had Frankenstein's monster here, and then he was showing up in books like Iron Man and Invader. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? It was an X Men, well, but there was just some very DC did a Frankenstein book when they relaunched the Fifty Two. Oh, they did. It was Frankenstein and a group of other characters. I think Jeff. You're not Lemire, talking about the Sergeant Rock and his. No, but Jeff Lemire, I think, wrote it. Oh, did I think he? he did. No, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, yeah, no, it was interesting. But again, it's a character. It's like, it's like what Dracula, is, too. Why right, is it what's Dracula at the, back? What's at the base of him is that he's a character that was cobbled together from pieces and reanimated. Dracula's a vampire. He's not he's the been first around for vampire. Years. No. Right? Yeah. He's just a well-known vampire. No, but that's interesting. Why isn't Marvel... I don't know why. I mean, the Tomb of Dracula is such a big cult yeah. favorite. I wonder why they haven't brought it back. Maybe there's no market for it. I don't... Zombies are big in yeah, yeah, no, Marvel I zombies. I got a shirt on right now. Marvel well, zombies. They could have done any of those. I mean, they're doing a new werewolf by they night. They are doing a new werewolf by night. Um, I just always, I think like with some of that stuff, like werewolf by night, mm. part of it the is 70s the visual. was a big thing. No, yeah. but part of the, like, their werewolf was... Jack was, Russell? But I mean, the werewolf was distinct in the yeah. way Mike Luke drew him. Yeah, yeah, with the green pants. He wasn't like a, oh, it's a real wolf. No, no, no. I mean, he it was wasn't a, a man wolf. It's like the difference between the wolf man and werewolf of London. Yeah. If you are a fan of those movies, the werewolf by night looked more like werewolf of London. Right. Um, but again, those are open to interpretation. We're the same. Who was talking? Someone was talking about that. Was the idea that 
someone licensing Werewolf by Night from Marvel, it's like they were going, well, why would you do that? You can do your own Werewolf movie. How tied into it? And it's like, well, someone would want that Werewolf by Night license yeah, 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 because yeah. that license opens up the Marvel Universe to them. Yeah. Whether they're able to do it or not, it's like... Jack Russell exists in the same universe as Spider-Man. Yeah, and Moon Knight. And Moon Knight, yeah. and whatever the character. Yeah, Frankenstein. Same, same reason why you wouldn't want to just do the Heat. You right. want to do Swamp, our yeah. main thing, because yeah. that's because it opens you up to that whole. That's universe. another thing too. I tell you, I just read all those Steve Gerber books. Oh yeah. What the hell, man? Well, Steve, Steve was, Gerber was doing his own stuff. It he was, was like, yeah, he was he was tapping into some kind of crazy. Oh stuff. please, the bad guys in the uh, Man Thing book were the fascists, but yeah, it was yeah. fa schist, and they wanted to build a uh, airport in the swamp, right. which was where the Man Thing was protecting right. the nexus of realities. Right. And then they had the fool killer who showed up. It right. was this religious cult. It was just his reflection on what was going on yeah. in society. Yeah. And the man thing is just there. But that's what makes them interesting. Oh, they're interesting. 30 years now. later. Yeah, I read the whole thing. I'm like, wow, Gerber was on his own. Or 40 years later. He was later. just telling yeah. his own stories. It yeah. really had nothing to do with superheroes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a commentary, really. It is, and that's what you do. It was, you like, all, it was like all the family in the swamp. Things exist in their own time frame, yeah. and you think of all the stuff that was going on in 1977. Oh, there was, yeah, oh, religious groups that yeah. were going on in there, and cults are in yeah. there. And it's not a superhero book. No, no, and he did that with, uh, think how crazy he got with Howard, Howard the, the Duck. Howard the Duck, yeah. I mean... I can see that forming in this man thing. As I'm reading, I'm like, oh, this is going to eventually become Howard the Duck, he who shows up in the yeah. book, too. Yeah. But I'm just saying, this is, I don't know why they let him do his own stuff. Was it really selling that well, or they just didn't care? No, you know what? I, bet, I would bet that Roy it was, was the editor. So. I would bet it was selling well enough. But does it let him go? Let him do his own thing. That no, it was selling well enough, but not too well. Yeah. Because if it sold too well, then, then people it. would go, "Oh, you can't do that." Yeah. If it's oh selling, no, there was weird stuff in there, like a, a motorcycle gang. The guy was uh, killed, but he was uh, trying yeah. to sell some heroin. I'm yeah. like. What is this all? We're talking 74? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this isn't a kid's comic book? Well, they did I don't think kids were reading this, because I didn't read the man thing when I was eight years old. I read old. it. I was an eight. You were older than me, yeah. 12, 13, maybe. I yeah, know, maybe, because as a kid, I'd be like, what is this guy doing? But you know what? The Where's thing the spandex? Is, you draw from whatever's going on in the, in, in the world at the time, because yeah. that's where you're Oh, there's living. anti-war stuff in yeah. there. There's police violence. Yeah. There's political stuff, every issue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when, we, when I was... The age that I'm at, when I turned 18, technically I still had to register for the draft, but yeah. I was lucky enough that the Vietnam War was officially ended. Yeah, I had to register too, but there was no war going on. Yeah, well, because the, the Registration Act still existed up through what? Still 80? now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. still there. Yeah, yeah. But they got to be pretty hurt if they're calling up me. Yeah. Well, wow, back in the day. But you're the king of the nerds. I know, right? They need that to go fight the... You uh, could, like, rally the battalion. I, I could, yeah. I'm the guy. <laughs> the Captain America of, like, geeks and freaks. But no, it, it was just an interesting book. It's definitely a period book. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Because I don't think you could... Why can't they do that, man? Why don't they don't want to do it because it's corporate? Disney owns Marvel and AT&T owns DC. You know, only the independent books now yeah. touch subject matter. I think that, it's, it's not to do with that as much... Nobody wants to rock the boat. I kind of feel like they've developed whatever, however many years the direct comic sales market for comic stores. Yeah. They've targeted superhero stuff so much right. that when they tried horror, it doesn't work. 
it doesn't generally work. Like Walking Dead worked. Yeah. But Walking Dead also wouldn't have. I'm gonna know. say it. I don't think it would have. It wouldn't have lasted as long if there hadn't been a TV show. In other words, it. It, it was, was successful. In its issue fifty or sixty. But I'm saying it was successful, but a TV show bumps it. Oh, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Most there's not a lot of other horror stuff that basically took hold since that point. In the '70s, those comics were on the newsstand. So yeah. during the '70s, you had Kolchak. You had the. Um, you had horror stuff out there that right. people... There was Night they, Gallery. There, there was, were fans of it, yeah. and if they saw a comic, it was like, oh, cool, there's a comic on horror. With the comic stores, it's all pre-ordered, so yeah. it's the taste almost exists. The guy who's the taste... It's tailored. ...is the comic store owner. Yeah. He's the one who decides what books are going to be there for when you come into the comic store. Right, 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 right. right, right. Unless you special order. Yes. So, so if you don't special order... You're left with whatever he whatever thinks he are going to be the yeah, big Yeah, that's plus. true. Because when you and look that's at a been preview, that way since the 80s. oh, I know, but when you look at a previous book, yeah. that thing There's is a lot of stuff. So many stories yeah. in there, you'll never see those books at the local shop. And they shop. don't have the money to take a chance. On no, something. God, he'd be broke. So that's the problem, and that kind of winds up being like the internet. That yeah, but I don't think a lot of people it closes even realize the circle that. of interest yeah. to where is just what your circle of interest is. It's a shame though, because they they talked about somebody was just listening to go years ago. You'd have to go like the head shops to get the underground comics and stuff like that because they wouldn't be in that. Well, because they were adult. Yeah, there was no venue to sell an X-rated comic book. Right, 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 right. So even though even when shop. I read the Spirit books, those Warren ones in the seventies. Yeah. That was kind of like not a superhero book. I remember getting those and it felt yeah. like almost like something dirty. But those like, were newsstands and there were magazines. Yeah, they were, were magazines. racked with magazines. The but same they, with the Warren magazines. Yeah. Those were racked with magazines. They cost more. Yeah. They weren't racked with the comics. No, 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 no. So it was definitely for an older audience. And those would be like... Vampirella and Creepy. Those, com- yeah. those magazines would be racked with whatever still existed. Like True was a... a Detective I don't know how to describe book? it. No, it was it was a magazine, but it was true. It's called. It was true. There was uh, um, true what? True romance. It was true. just true. What's true? It was it a sounds men's like an magazine. Oh, it was a men's. Book. It wasn't like nudity, but it yeah. was like men's interest stuff. Uh huh. Like Playboy without the girls. Yeah. Okay. But you had stuff like and that. People that bought would be, that. Like if you were going to an old newsstand, yeah, which is basically like Esquire. an A-frame, right? An yeah. A-frame. Yes. Newspapers on the outside. Magazines on the Magazines inside. would be along the bottom. Right. Then you'd have Outdoor Life. You'd have, uh, you know, you have women's classic women's magazines. Yeah, Cosmopolitan or Bride and, and Home and Garden. Yep. Those those things, and then comics would be in their own section on yeah. that rack. So it wasn't like there was, if you were buying both, you have to look separately for the other ones, and you have to have the money to buy so that's 25 what cent or 30 true cent. True would be in the middle there? Yeah. True is like, say, GQ. That's what I'm saying, was, like Esquire. Right. Esquire is probably a better yeah. parable, parable or whatever. For or what about We, O-U-I? We was, was born. born. Yeah, was it born? It was like a version of Playboy. Or oh, was something. it? I remember seeing that title. Thing. What is that? Yeah, yeah. It sounded French, so it had to be. It was basically Playboy. But, but yeah, so they targeted people and different interests on the newsstand that way. Comic stores don't do that because it's not profitable. Yeah, magazines nowadays are all fluff. Like, we can walk across the street to that magazine shop there. 
There's nothing in there that's meaningful. Yeah. It's gen well, generic. Got, there's, there is stuff that's even more micro-targeted now, right? You can go and find a magazine for people who like tents. Yeah, yeah. You get wood magazine. In the old days, it was like a camping thing or whatever. Right, right, right. But you could Outdoor find living. Yeah. You could find something specific to yeah. things because that's where you're... Everybody's targeted to yeah. your interest. Well, because it's a lot of money to print a book. It is. And if it's not selling, why would you do it? Right, because right. you could just do an online website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you know, with comics, the, the, the comic stores basically spent 20 years dictating what was there. Mm. And it was superheroes that sold So why did people even bother trying to do non-superhero books in those previous books? Cause because I see them. I look at it and I go, I'm not ordering it. I'll read a little blurb about yeah. what the story's about. I go, oh, that's interesting. But I never buy it. I just you turn try the page. because... You do, not everybody wants to write a superhero book. Yeah. And you figure if you don't want to write a superhero book, maybe someone wants to read something other than a superhero book. Yeah. I mean, the market change. Here's the thing. My kids, you're, I have a daughter. My I think kids that are changes comics. it, but my yeah. kids were into comics. My daughter and my sons both like manga stuff. Yeah. In the early yeah. 2000s, manga was really big. It was. Yeah. And they were in bookstores. Not as much in comic stories, but they were in bookstores. Yeah, I remember right? that. Be Dawn. So they would read, you know, One Piece or, or Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. There were tons of I books. I remember that stuff. And they were all, like, specifically targeted age-wise. There were some books that appealed to girls. There's some people, you know what I mean? Sailor Moon, yeah. Tons of stuff. Well, when that market collapsed, you had built an audience of kids who liked reading comics. Where did they go? They came to comic stories. Oh, so that's okay. what I think, you know, for all the people complaining about the social justice warriors and having inclusion and all that. It's always been there. That, well, no, that market came in when Viz blew up in the, in the 2000s. So you had people who were geared towards reading comics who were only seeing superhero comics. Yeah. So the companies were smart enough to try different stuff mm. and to try to adapt books to appeal to, to any age group. Right. So you're, you're appealing to women as opposed to just a superhero book. Suddenly you have female characters. Everybody wants to see themselves somehow. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. So that was... To me, that's nothing but good. I mean, a lot of people, you know, have made websites about it, making that a bad thing. No. But that basically expanded your readership. Yeah. And maybe it does affect, oh, you know, your superhero view of what what you grew up reading or whatever. But it's not a bad thing. Well, so basically, you've brought in an entire audience of people. For years, comics have wanted to renew the audience. Yeah. Because the audience was aging out. Right. You, know, you were getting people. No, you're getting a new. Year. Then why, 50 years why, old, 60 years old. They're going to die eventually. Why does DC kill the vertical line though? I think that was a rights issue thing. And really? That's just me thinking. But vertigo, it never made sense though because I see image books out there selling. Yeah, yeah. I see uh, Ahoy. Well, I see Aftershock. Image, I go, why would DC cut a whole image separate made line? Vertigo not useful. Relevant. When, Right, when Vertigo first started, there was no real good avenue. You'd go to a smaller publisher like Eclipse. Mm -hmm. Maybe when Pacific was there, you could yeah, do that. Yeah. Okay, so you wanted to create a character that you wanted to own some piece of. Right. Vertigo became like the place where you could do that and yeah. own a percentage of it and do something other than superhero. And you get the distribution. Once Image started doing that towards the late... I mean, really, when Jim Valentino came into Image mm. is when... Kirkman came in and they started doing non-superhero books. Right. Right? 
once that happened, you do a book for image, you own it all outright. Right. It's not a 90-10 split. It's, no, it's you your own, own it. it. Yeah, yeah, creator own. Yeah. So, so Vertigo has less reason to exist. Oh, I see. That's why they're like, why give it to DC? Right. If I can go to Image and do it myself. Exactly. Yeah, but Image wasn't taking everybody's book. No, no, but but I mean, the publishing had expanded at that point where they probably Vertigo was no longer the only game in town, and they 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 weren't going to get the top flight people. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. So if you were Greg Rucka, yeah, why would you do a Vertigo book when you could do an Image book and, and you already had your name? Yeah. Right, yeah. or if you're, I mean, Neil Gaiman did. He he wound up doing Miracle Man. I saw that. And uh, I mean, there's things. No, that there's you can stuff. Do. Now I go to stores. I see. Uh, well, Skybound is Kirkman's book. Yeah, yeah. He has. What's the new one we done? Firestarter. Or yeah, yeah. The Kung Fu thing. Right, right, right. He's got that. He's got Walking Dead's come back right. again with color versions right. of it. He's got. Uh, is it Oblivion? Have, I mean, Oblivion? One of them's right. Ending. Oblivion. He's got four Oblivion or five songs. Right. Oblivion songs. Yeah, yeah. You have you have like uh, Aftershock doing books that are all over the map. They're science they're all fiction. Over the place, they're yeah. comedy. They're whatever. Ahoy's got so, theirs. Ahoy's doing it. They just had one this week. Uh, per- Perpendicular Man or something. Penultimate. Penultimate. Penultimate Man. Yeah, 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 I saw that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I picked it up. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I had the special order. He didn't have it on the shelf, as you know. Oh, it was. I, I thought I saw order. it on the shelf. Did he? Order yeah, he extra? did. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Maybe because you bought it. That's why. But Ahoy has a whole line of books. That was yeah. the only one I saw. Yeah, Ahoy does a book on uh, the Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, which is really popular. It was fun. Colin Bunn. Yeah, they're actually it's like doing basically that. doing Edgar Allan Poe as the uh, Uncle Creepy or whatever as the yeah, narrator yeah, 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 yeah. or the, the mascot for the, the horror short stories. Yeah, yeah. 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 Those are being collected, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, Vertigo, again, so that's why I say, like, Vertigo, when they first started, they offered uh, character equity or some sort of creator ownership. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't know what the percentages were, but, like, for the DC universe at large, if you create a character, it was really pretty much like a 90-10 or, mm-hmm. or 80 Oh, that 20. much of it? Yeah, for licensing, not oh, for creator. Oh, okay. For I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So that's if they a good created split. a toy, you would get 20%, depending on if you and a writer or a writer and an artist would split the 20%. Mm-hmm. So if they made a toy or something, you would get 20% of the revenue from yeah. it. Um, but with, the, with Vertigo, it was a publishing deal. And again, if you don't have that exclusivity, like, hey, we're the only guys offering this, because Marvel didn't offer a Vertigo deal. Vertigo was the only game in town. Marvel had Epic Comics at one point. Right, earlier. But that kind of, in the 80s, yeah, they, yeah. Didn't last. they had Starlin on yeah, that. Yeah. And, and those guys did own their rights. But yeah. again, Vertigo was a case where they used the backbone of DC Comics to promote those things. Yeah. Which, if you're doing an image book, you're on your own promoting it. So, I mean, there was all these advantages. Like, they could take a book like Hellblazer, they could take a book like... Sandman, and yeah. they would promote it. It was promoted by DC Comics with full force of DC. Um, now they've switched over to the Black Label, but it's only DC the, characters. Yeah, they're, they're adult the, versions yeah, of DC characters. Yeah, it's a question. I just picked up Constantine. Well, and they it's did do, like we were talking about earlier really before, Brent, didn't Bendis get to do some creator-owned stuff? Yeah, yeah Wonder Comics. Yeah, yeah so he did... Um, uh, 
Well, he did the Wonder Twins, but he also did a couple. Oh, well, what's her Faith? Is it? Well, like the guy who um, the female character, the guy who created the um, or the Umbrella Academy, Gerard Way. Gerard Way has his line. Oh, the Milkman. The DC Animals. Yeah, line. yeah, yeah. And young I don't know animals. If that's young rapping, animals. Young animals. Yeah. That's running down now at this point, but there's still book stuff coming out from it. Did you ever read Black Hammer? Um, I actually not have have not read. Oh, it. Oh, I have the trades. I'm Is it good? Street. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of like an X Men type group thing, yeah. but. I think it's Jeff Lemire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's his own world. But they had a crossover with Justice League. Yeah, I saw that. Which I'm like, well, that's kind of odd. But again, like, it, I mean, there's the case of why do a why, why do a would crossover? you do it through DC if you could do it through Dark Horse and make it a big enough thing? That well, it's maybe your they own were thing. hoping people would buy it because they like Justice League and they'll try that. Yeah, but I'm saying it's all about like what what kind of marketing. Like Umbrella Academy is huge right now for the TV show. Which one? Oh, Umbrella yeah, yeah, yeah. Academy took yeah. off, but I don't yeah. see it. Comic stores don't seem to have... No. But don't you think comic stores have missed that opportunity? Oh, they should have had more copies on the shelf, but they didn't. Because I remember when Pat was even around, they were sell- people were coming in every day, oh, do you have Umbrella Academy? Yeah. No. No, it seems like a... They missed the boat on that one. Well, like with the boys... Same thing. That's presumably... A, that's dynamite. But I'm saying, like, why didn't they do a oh, new boys series to go with... Oh, that I don't know. I know they're reprinting the trades like I know crazy. they're reprinting yeah. But I'm saying, like, if you were doing... The Boys yeah, is like the biggest thing. Yeah. Season 2 launched as the biggest thing on Amazon. Right. Bigger than Season 1. Do a Highlander spinoff. Or Do a, a mini-series of some sort of new material. Homelander. But again, I think it's almost like the game is over yeah. at the point that you've licensed it. It's too late now. Yeah. Garth Ennis and, and uh, um, Derek Robertson yes. are both making money off of every episode that's produced. Correct. So they're like, why do we do a new comic? Derek Robertson, who was supposed to be a trip film last year. But I'm saying, like, yeah. I mean, if your motivation is to sell comics, it's one thing, but if you're just making money, that's a great thing. As, yeah. a, as any kind of comic creator, right. to get money for not having to sit and slave at the drawing board, that's a bonus. But it feels kind of like there should be a new miniseries or new material to go with. Maybe they're waiting this to end. I don't know. Especially since it's a it's a season. It's a season. Yeah. So in other words, they're going to do a season three. They already start yeah, working really, on that yeah. comic. It doesn't have to tie in. It's just that right. same universe. Like Walking Dead, same thing. He started doing one story, but then there's two or three other shows. And, and the, the comic must have benefited from the show whenever. Oh God, the yeah. The sales so were going way up. That helps the comic industry that launched it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a way of paying back but you're also making money off of publishing you know where Kirkman can write that and no one's going to say don't do this mm-hmm. I mean that's the that's always been the, the joy of comics is that you do something that there's not a studio executive standing over your shoulder saying eh yeah. you know what I mean no, I hear you. it's more of a pure expression of whatever property you've created so how we got from the Hulk to here is nobody's business because I was like, okay. Well, think, think about it was Hellboy. a Hulk oriented. Uh, I was thinking about episode. Hellboy go, goes back to that as, as a character who, who's a horror concept. It's almost like horror superhero, but more yeah. horror. Like Hellboy, I keep thinking like, when do we hear about Hellboy on Amazon, Netflix, whatever? I don't know because I mean, like the next. It's, yeah, the logical. movies are not the last one. Tanked. And they could do more with it as a series. I, I think so. Like yeah, yeah. Ten hours. You have that whole agency, the BP, whatever, whatever agency he works for. It's 
feels like I can't think of it right now. Yeah, 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 the supernatural thing. But it feels like you would be. It able always to, seemed like it was geared towards TV, like an X Files show. But a TV, a, a comic series, is an ongoing. Yeah. So it feels more like it's it's. it's I thought Watchmen perfect. worked well as a TV series. Yeah. Because you don't have the issue of time. No, a two-hour movie is going to be two hours. To create you push the it to three hours, it's stretching yeah. it. I mean, that was a lot. Well, like, have you been watching uh, the Lovecraft Country? I watched the first two, and I haven't gotten back to it. Yet. It's really good. Is it? And it is so crazy because episode to episode, it can be like science fiction one, right? And then it's horror. And the it's first like, one was a horror. Whoa, science fiction again? Oh, is it? They did Jump a whole around. episode with. Well, what? One of the characters basically solving a puzzle and then traveling through time, space what time. What was that World War II battle stuff that was going on? They showed glimpses of it in the first episode. Was that, that was a Korea. real? Yeah, that was, that was the, a real war. The main, the main character is yeah, Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, in conquering, like in he was fighting these alien things. But he that was, happened. In the story? Well, then, yeah, he was, I think he was... I didn't know if that was his imagination or well, they, what. They did a story, like, maybe four or five episodes in, that yeah. exper- like showed his Korean experience where he, he basically meets a local girl. Yeah. But this girl is some kind of demon. Oh, really? Or something who has to take... She has to take a hundred lives to regain her humanity. Oh, okay. And he's like the hundredth victim. Oh, it was. I mean, that's I'll what go I back that, and watch it because I was at first like, "What's happening?" No, here? no. I think the series is really interesting, and what, again, and it, to its credit, when you look at the writing credits, yeah, Misha Green is writing all of. She's the one who adapted it, but all the episodes, all the writing credits, basically are have her on them, which yeah. is kind of cool. That's a lot of effort, a lot of work, but you're able to craft like however many ten episodes. You know what's funny? You say that. I just finished watching that Star Trek Upper Decks today. Oh, yeah. Lower Decks, Lower Decks. And the last episode... When they go low, we go upper. Well, the last episode was written by the show's director or the producer or whatever, the showrunner. And today's episode was the only really good one the whole season. Um, and Because all the other ones yeah, yeah, were written yeah. off to by teams of people. Right, right. And you're kind of like, well, if the guy who's heading this up writes it, he knows his vision. Like when you watch, like I'd watch old mashes. If you saw the episodes written by Larry Gelbart or Gene Reynolds, it was usually a better episode because right. they're the ones that came to the right. table with yeah, the idea. Right. Same thing with if Kirkman wrote an but episode what, right. of Walking Dead, it was good because he knows the characters because he created the characters. But that's what the writers' room is about. Yeah. So the concept of what we did on Superman, yeah. where we had the big meeting room, the yeah, yeah, where we set up stories, yeah. was that everybody got together with the writers' room. People will break down a whole season. So yeah. in other words, like your guys, if you, it were now, it would yeah. be Gelbart and you know the other guy would be breaking down the whole season yeah. on a big whiteboard. Right, 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 right. And then they would say they would start assigning episodes, but the the outline for the episode would already exist. Oh, okay. That's how these shows are done. So somebody can do the first episode and the last episode and basically still have control over the content right. of the episodes in right, between. Right, 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 right. But it's not hands-on. Well, I tell you what, because that's Lower Decks is a good example of that we do a review show on the Word Balloon. We went off on it. It was so far off the rails. Sometimes you're yeah. like, what the hell is this? Because yeah. it was not sticking to the core and it's not story. It's not consistent. Well, yeah. No, like this week the character's doing this. The next week they're doing that. They're like, yeah, what yeah. is happening here? Yeah. There's no development. Yeah. But today's episode ended like it started. I'm like, it took 10 episodes 
And really, if that one guy had written all ten of them, even like the X Files, where Chris Carter would actually write the X Files, it was turned into the myth stories. But at, but then they would get those good ones by Frank Spanowitz, and then yeah. what's his name? The guy that did uh, right. Breaking Bad, Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Yeah, yeah. He would have those one-off monster stories. Yeah. His were always the best. Yeah. And there was a guy like Morgan, too. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Morgan. Glenn Morgan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those were standalone shows that you could watch. And they were like, that's a great episode. But the weird thing about Carter's X-Files... stuff was the big UFO Right, but the weird experience. thing about X-Files is that he, Chris Carter created it. Right. So, in the first... I'd say the first two seasons... It wasn't... It was clunky. His epi- but his episodes were the mythology yes. episodes. Yeah, but the uh, And they were actually missing. good. Yeah. But then, after season two... It got off the These rails. other guys who were... Kind of writing off to the side, yeah. not towards the mythology. Those were the better ones. The monster stories, because yeah. the mythology turned out to not be good. No, it, it fell apart. You're like, that's it. Yeah, because he kept the oil with the, the the aliens. It was so. It, if you're the a end, fan of X Files, oh, the movies it. were the worst. But, when you go, but the problem yeah. was that his. His mythology was never set in stone. No. And he was changing it constantly. He was constantly like, oh, that wasn't exactly yeah. it. We're and that's what it. pissed people off. And that pissed off people who yeah. followed it. So yeah. you, you basically, yeah. your mythology shouldn't be... It should be consistent. It should be consistent, and you should have, if you're going to pretend to have an end game, yeah. then you need to work towards that he end game. He was doing Lost Before Lost, because I'd yeah. watch and go, wait, this is not what they said happened. Well, and they change, yeah, they would change stuff, and you'd suddenly be like really pissed off that yeah. you spent five years towards this one yeah, thing. Deep Throat is this. It's and like, oh no, it's all I remember when they introduced control. Deep Throat was Mulder's father. I'm like, wait, what? And it's like, mind control. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, yeah. here's what we were originally doing. And that's why the one-off episodes were the better ones, because it's like... But I'm not sure long. that you can blame him, because at that time, it's just like with a comic, the, the idea was that this is going to run forever. Yeah. So there is no end point. So if you're a guy who's got a series that's based on an endpoint, it's not the same as doing... Like, The Fugitives are one of the most yeah, successful yeah, 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 yeah. endpoint shows yeah, because it, it everybody was all about watched, solving yeah. the mystery. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't like, oh... And they did that during the show where The Fugitive, they'd find somebody with one arm and it was yeah. like, oh, he, he's not the guy. Yeah. And then but at finally the end, found him, it yeah. wasn't that the, the guy still was missing an arm. It yeah. wasn't like they suddenly said, oh, no, he had a missing eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's what The X-Files kind of ruined was that they... They kept changing it up right, right, and right, right. alienating people who were really into the mythology. No, no, no. I remember that being so pissed off for that show. But that's why I don't... Now, if you ask people, I only remember the one-off monster shows because the overall conspiracy story yeah. sucked. It's like... But the one-off ones were really good. The, the ones that I remember best, there was a... Oh, not the one about the lady under the bed. Well, no, they did. Everyone knows that no, one. No, Vince Gilligan oh. wrote the ones with uh, with uh, Kolchak, with Darren McGavin. Yeah, he came back, yep. Those were good. There was also a series of ones with Peter Boyle that were good. Yep, yep, yep. When he was the Tell the Future. But those were the ones that kind of I remember. Yeah. You know? And it's still a, it's still a watchable it's still a show. show. Yeah. The weird thing about... If you talk about your show going into a different tangent, but the X-Files, I watched them because I have the DVDs of the first yeah. two seasons. The thing that you noticed first was that was one of the first shows to go to Canada. Oh, when they really? When they and when you look at them now, yeah. they look really cheap. Oh, do they? Oh, they look really cheap. I just remember when Jillian Anderson got pregnant, they had to write her off for a season to hide and her pregnancy. And they did that whole thing with her pregnancy yeah, and yeah, her yeah, belly yeah, shrinking and yeah, then going yeah. back down or yeah, it's whatever. it's like, what's going on here? But no, the, you, you see that the worst episodes, there's that one weird season where they brought in uh, the Terminator oh, T-1000 no. and that other actress. 
they, the filler when Mulder left the show. And of both, yeah. Yeah, and then he came back for Oh, that was a terrible ending, too, I thought. Yeah. He was on trial. I'm like, what the hell? It jumped the shark. You know what was worse? It was like a Northern Exposure. Great show. And then when Rob Morrow says, I don't want to be here, and they had a contract for right. 10 episodes. He One episode, he literally walked in the bar and walked out. I right. go, that counted? And then they had to write his character off, and then the replacement characters. One of the guys lives in Connecticut. Uh, can't I think of his name right now. Oh, it was horrible. But he, he's a local guy, and he lives here in Connecticut. And he did a Steve Martin play. Steve Martin wrote a play, and this guy starred in it. Huh. And he was the actor that they brought on to replace uh, Rob Moore. And they asked him about that. He goes, "Oh, that was one of the worst experiences because you have everybody. It would be like if Hawkeye left Mash. Everybody loves Hawkeye. But imagine you're Rob Moore. Bro- yeah." Well, at, at a certain point, Rob Morrow was, as any actor, oh, they, he went to go, to go do, to do movies. He would do because a game was, show. But I'm and, saying that the yeah. movie stuff was like, that was the goal. The lure. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't work for him. No, no. But I mean, he you imagine, back on TV on numbers. think about him. Yeah. He's like, when we watch Once, in a, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's like the uh, Brad, or the, the, uh, DiCaprio character who leaves the hit show yeah. to do the movie and the movie bottoms out yeah, and then and you're like suddenly scrambling Westerns, yeah. you're like you're no longer able to climb to the right, top right, of the right, ladder right, because right. you're you're that many years oh, older I always think of that too like when McLean Stevenson is the greatest example that guy leaves because he doesn't yep. want to be part of a trio and they kill them off and they kill them off so, so he, he has can't no, come he back has no return and yet. his career was in the two in he the did take but he had a great audience cue rating, which oh, yeah. was the thing at the time. They like loved Robert him. Urich was another. Oh, Robert Urich! People loved Robert so Urich. So their show would be canceled. They would have another show like. Within, oh, but but they never worked. McLean Stevenson yeah. had like he played a priest. He had, he had like McClane five, Stevenson, five like or Hello six Larry. shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they just never can get it to work. But he was great. And if it happened As Henry now, Blake. Yeah. no. But if it happened now, he would have a talk show. He was great when he co-hosted. I heard. Had, yeah, guest hosted for Johnny. He was uh, one of the possible replacements. Yeah, he was so good. Yeah. His personality. Very natural, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he was a sad Hollywood story, though. But well, is it sad? Well, he, he had did, a career. He yeah. had a high point. I mean, everything is sad I, I, when you well, look at the low point. If you want to talk to his account, I don't think he ever made the money again. No, but what I'm saying is, like, everybody looks for that. It's like in comics. I mean, it would be like me looking at going, saying, okay, I don't feel bad that Superman was a high point. Yeah. Because I'm proud of that. And yeah, you, you have no control over what happens afterwards. You have no control yeah, over whether it's going to hire people are going to hire you or they're going to ignore you or that's whatever. It, that's yeah. But you still have. Like, those. do you think Byrne walks around and go, "Well, I guess X Men was the top of the pyramid," and then somebody could say, "Well, Superman was," and then. But, but I mean, does it is it a bad thing? He had he more tried. success yeah. than eighty percent of the other people who've gone through comics that nobody remembers. Yeah. Not that the, those people didn't do good work. No. You I, have to. I, I should you ask have Zach to, why he never. Like, did any writer create their own stuff? Like Mike Zek's a great artist. He did. He did. Uh, Which one? Damned with. I didn't Stephen even see Grant. that. Oh, what it was that Bravura or whatever that spinoff Malibu book? I think they did it for Image. Was it Image? Yeah. But I only think of Mike as you know Captain America and then Punisher. Mike, Mike got to a point where he didn't want to work. Yeah. I mean, and I understand that it's like deadlines wear you down. He just right. wanted to do. The limited amount of work that would keep him in the public eye, right? And the work that he did was great. Yeah. But you know, I totally get that. So yeah. I mean, I think there's a point where you, and again, I can only speak for myself. There's a point where you go, okay, I've proven myself. Yeah. I don't need to. How prove many times myself. do I keep doing this? Yeah. Um, I don't have to introduce myself to everybody. 
if they want to hire me, they can hire me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever you work, you Google me and there's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a million things. Yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, there's a lot of guys that always wonder, like, why didn't they go on to do more great well, I think stuff? Of, like, I mean, in non Like Walt stuff, did and Byrne did. But I think you have to Frank have Miller an inner did. drive to get that stuff out. Yeah. In other words, Byrne hit a point where he didn't care anymore to do stories. Yeah. Right? He was like, okay, I'm retired. He started doing this Star Trek photo novel. But things. I mean, yeah. he was ready to, you know, once you let go of the treadmill, you don't want to get back on it. Yeah. Um, but you also you have, have nothing left. To, you have You've nothing got, left to prove. You don't basically. have to prove yourself. You've made your your yeah. mark or whatever, and that's totally fine. I mean, there's no compelling reason to like with Walt. I think Walt still has these stories he wants to tell. Yeah. And uh, um, same is probably true of Chaykin. Chaykin probably yeah. still has stories he wants to tell, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. I would still like to do that. I still have stories I want to tell. I just right. don't have the motivation that I used to have because yeah. I don't have to prove myself. You know, and I'm sure that happens in, you know, in some cases in Hollywood. Well, what do you think would happen, Jack Kirby? Why didn't Why didn't he ever stop? Because he was he had like eight kids. <laughs> I'm serious. Is that why? He is, also is that never, why Neil Adams keeps going at it? Kirby never made the money he deserved. Yeah. And and Stan Lee made more money than he deserved. Right. So Kirby was always drawing and always looking for ways to set up his family. So if you're like you right now, yeah. you go. I, I would like college. to leave money for my kids. Yeah. Right? I mean, you like give them a head up, heads up and have like money when you're gone. Your wife can. Which could be tomorrow. Survive. Yeah. Well, whatever. So with Jack, he had like, he had seven, maybe seven kids. Did he really have that many Tons kids? of grandkids. Wow. And, and, uh, and that's what you want to do. You're part yeah. of that generation. You want to. Yeah, you want to leave something behind. Yeah. Live a life better than what you have. You yeah. want to leave them something. Right. He wanted to leave his wife something. So, I mean, you, you kept working. I mean, if he had had, if he'd made what he was worth. Well, Dick kept working. He had no family. He had stories he wanted to tell. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I think that's what I'm saying is that you motivate yourself. And if you don't care enough, eh, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I spent the last month re-insulating the back of my house before winter. Yeah. Right? It was like a big goal to do it before it got too cold to yeah. work outside and all I that stuff. I painted the deck last week. Yeah, I mean, I'm yesterday, out there with a toothbrush, making well, see, sure like, all that. It's the funny thing. Tuesday, yeah. I was out. I had to replace a deck board on our upper little upper deck, and I, when I replaced that board on the weekend, I went, "Wow, the other boards need to be cleaned and stained before because they're almost rotting." Yeah, 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 yeah. So Tuesday, I spent scrubbing them, scrubbing yeah, them, scrubbing yep, them, and then down, went, yesterday yeah. morning before the rain, I thought, "Well, I got." At least six hours before the rain, so you I stained, stained it, them all. Yeah, went to the comic store. Yeah, started raining. And it was like fingers yeah. crossed. It'll be better than if I did nothing. Correct. But it has nothing to do with creativity. No. You know what I mean? But that deck's not going to stain itself. Exactly, and I can't. If I were to pay somebody to do it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're like, never going to do as good a job as you. I always think that. you're still paying somebody out of your pocket. I know. That's money what that else are you going to do for that how money. Much you, right. How much work are you going to do? I thought that, too, when I was done with the deck, because I wanted it to be done in, like, a week. But it took me, like, two weeks, because I had to yeah, yeah. work around the weather. Yeah. And it drove me nuts, because it's like, I wanted it to be done by Friday. But you had, had a long stretch of the rain. Yeah, I know, but I was good <laughs> with that. But... I'm out there doing it all, but now that's all said and done, I go, that's a couple hundred bucks I saved yeah. that I could put towards comic books or and something. And it's done. And it's done, and I know where there's a little spot here, and they're like, oh, that could have been right. done. And but you take your, you know, you yeah. take your victories where you, where yeah. you get them. 
Like if I was on a regular book, I wouldn't be able to do that stuff. Yeah. And would you do a creator-owned book now, or would you do a, a licensed? I'll character? tell you, it's really hard to motivate myself to do what. I mean, I had, I've been or? working on my proton stuff. I've got layouts. I've then started in March, maybe yeah, yeah. when I finished the Submariner thing. Yeah, I started. I did like three pages and then you of did layouts, the North and I was like, thing. I just wasn't, I wasn't like feeling, feeling it. it. Yeah, yeah. And I kept going. Wow, I'm really, I'm just not doing good stuff here. So I kept trying, and I wasn't happy with it. So then I did commissions, and I would do yeah, commissions yeah, 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 and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I really, I keep coming up with ideas, but I just can't make it happen. No, I'm hear not, you. I hear you. I hate to. Oh, you go. All right. Well, I think that just wraps it up. I mean, we got an hour long here, people. A little insight in Jerry's why he likes the Hulk, what compels people to do stuff, and all the rest (laughs) of it. All right. You've been listening to the Power Cosmic Podcast on these free airways, and have a nice weekend. Goodbye. This has been a production of Big Fedora Marketing, LLC. The folks that bring you the terrific Comic-Con, GamerCon, and so much more. Thanks for listening.